0: Welcome back to Teen Titans Wasteland. Today we are bringing you a very special episode of Teen Titans Wasteland, and if you would like to know why, you can thank our Patreon donators. We probably would have gotten around to doing this anyway, but this is kind of a different format and we're putting it out as a bonus episode because so many people have been really nice and have given us money. So, nice on ya. I say yes, but I'm not giving Cory any. Anyway, if you would like to become a donor, you can uh, you can do that through www.patreon.com patreon. dot com backslash tt wasteland. Many of you already have, and yeah, one of the things we decided to do as a thank you is. We're going to do all of the Teen Titan crossover episodes that are not part of the regular series. So we'll, in a little bit, be doing the world's finest that the Teen Titans show up in. And if we get more donators, if you'd like us to keep doing these, I've got some other ideas we can do. We might be able to do like a Teen Titans year one, which is a newer series that features these characters or their appearance. in the. I think Mike Alred did a original Teen Titans story in a book called Solo that he put out. So, yeah, but if you have ideas of things that you would like us to cover, if we get some more money, we are looking for more donation levels. So, yeah. In any event, I hope you enjoy this. We will be covering the Brave and the Bold number 94. So, without further ado, let's ado this. Today's synopsis song is submitted by Brad Reed. Ask yourself a rabbi on the way to a bris. What he wants most, it's a synopsis synopsis. Thanks, Brad. The Brave and the Bold, number 94, March, 1971. Written by Bob Haney, grotted by Nick Carty. Rebels in the Street. Teen Titan Roll Call. Robin. Lilith. Wonder Girl. Kid Flash. And starring... Batman. Am I saying that right? Batman. I think it's Batman. Gotham City is in the midst of a crisis. Commissioner Gordon has received a letter from a terrorist organization named S-T-O-P-P, or the Society to Outlaw Parent Power. Wow, they sound like they mean business. The teenage revolutionaries of Stop claim that unless their demands are met, they are going to blow up Gotham City with an atomic bomb that they made. Man, say what you will about the public schools in Gotham, but their AP science classes are on point. Batman heads down to the ghetto of Gotham to meet with the young revolutionaries and hear their demands. So, a few notes about the inner circle of Stop. On the one hand, it's nice to see DC have minority characters feature prominently into a comic book for a change. Too bad there are terrorists threatening to blow up the city. But they are portrayed pretty sympathetically, and their leader actually seems pretty reasonable. Their leader being Mark, the only white guy in the group. (sighs) After telling Linda and Chino to calm down... Mark gives Batman proof that they have a bomb and tells them to report back to the commissioner and mayor and that he will call later with their list of demands. The Caped Crusader leaves the ghetto impressed with Stop's organization and somewhat sympathetic to their goals. Despite Batman's attempt to negotiate in good faith, Commissioner Gordon orders the arrest of everyone wearing an STOPP armband. This further undermines Batman's credibility with the teen terrorists, who already considered the gaudily attired masked vigilante to be a symbol of the establishment. Fair enough. I mean, what could be more emblematic of conformity than a man who dresses up as a bat? Naturally, Batman reaches out to the one group whose unassailable grasp of the vernacular should allow them to blend in seamlessly with a group of young revolutionaries. The teen Titans. Hooray! Lilith and Robin go undercover as counterculture types and manage to gain access to the leadership of STOPP almost immediately. The two are assigned to accompany Chino in his delivery of the list of demands to City Hall. Robin reports all this to Batman, who is, as I assume is often the case, staring thoughtfully at a giant statue of himself. Inspired by gazing upon his own majesty, the masked Marvel heads downtown to address the city council and implore them to capitulate to the terrorist demands. Unfortunately, Gotham City Council is a bunch of corrupt slumlords and general assholes who want the mayor to declare martial law and burn the ghetto to the ground. Batman points out that A... Only the governor can declare martial law. And two, if they burn down the ghetto, the fire might spread to the non-ghetto parts of the city. Wow. That's your problem with their plan to burn the ghetto. Wow. Sure, we'd all love to murder the poor and destroy their property, but could you be absolutely certain that it wouldn't affect stately Wayne Manor? I thought not. Batman's plea for enlightened self-interest is interrupted by the explosion of a smoke bomb. When the smoke clears, we see that Chino and the Incognito Titans have nailed STOPP's list of the demands to the door of City Hall Martin Luther style. The demands include the prosecution of slumlords, the arrest of drug dealers, the removal of garbage from the ghetto streets, and the release of all kids arrested for wearing armbands. What unreasonable assholes. They also do request that, as a show of good faith the mayor, city council, police commissioner, and Batman himself be placed in prison for a couple days. If these demands are not met by noon the next day, then goodbye Gotham. The mayor grudgingly accedes that if they are unable to locate the bomb by morning, they will abide by stop's decrees. Batman, Wonder Girl, and Kid Flash search the city tirelessly, but to no avail. Through a combination of Lilith's psychic abilities and Batman's detective skills, they are able to determine the identity of the genius teenager who built the bomb, But unfortunately, he got roughed up during his arrest at a protest, and now he has amnesia. Who knew there was a downside to police brutality? With no other alternative, Gotham is left with no choice but to enact the terrorist plan for civic improvements. Criminals are arrested, garbage is removed, and political prisoners are released. Back at Stop headquarters, there is much celebration. Linda, an irascible young blonde woman, objects that adults can never be trusted, and they should blow up the city anyway. But calmer heads prevail. And Mark sends word to the establishment that the bomb is hidden in the base of the statue of himself that Batman likes to hang out around. Hooray. The cops are sent to disarm the bomb, but when they get there, they find the bomb is missing. Linda, feeling that the rest of her organization had copped out, re-hid the bomb and fled off into the city. She's located by the Titans, and Lilith uses her psychic powers to read her mind. Rather than use her telepathy to find out where the bomb is hidden, Lilith instead chooses to focus on the underlying causes of Linda's anger. Interesting choice, Lilith. It turns out that Linda was abandoned by her mother at an early age. When her mother returned for her years later, a bitter Linda ran away from her. Lilith determined that Linda's mother is the key to getting the angry young revolutionary to reveal the bomb's location. Or, you know, Lilith could just use her ESP again, but whatever. Mark mobilizes Stop's members to find Linda's mom, and a reunion is arranged. At first, Linda is super pissed off and yells at her mom, but when her mom starts crying, the mercurial teenager terrorist is moved to tears herself, and the two hug and reconcile. Linda reveals that the bomb was hidden in a trash can, which Commissioner Gordon thinks is really funny for some reason. Hooray! I think we all learned an important lesson, that there are no problems so big that they can't be solved by hugging your mother and capitulating to the demands of terrorists. Hooray. And on that note, joining us today, we have a very special guest, my mother.
1: Hello, it's great to be here.
0: Hi, this is my mom, uh, Ruth Shagori. She is a, I'm sorry, retired professor at Lewis and Clark University. We
1: say emeritus.
0: Oh, is that what we do? <laughs> yes, we do.
1: Not anymore.
0: Oh, you're over that. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I thought this would be a nice special treat for you to get to hang out with one of my favorite people in the whole world. Why,
1: thank you. So, what'd you think? Well, I really enjoyed it. I haven't revisited...
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. I hate to interrupt you, but there were picket signs in this issue, and that's what the air horn means. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they were used fairly sparingly, uh, there, I, there was a lot of talk of there being picket signs, but I think the only place they showed up is when they were watching the protest Batman and Commissioner Gordon were in jail. And we're watching uh. on television that there are some protests, but there are is talk that one of the teens got hit in the head and brained with a picket sign. Yes, and there's a lot of talk of protesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to have That's interrupted fine. you.
1: What but, else did I? What, think?
0: Did, what did you think well, besides that? I
1: thought I thought the original. I was really struck first by how the the teens looked quite old. Yeah, they they looked like sort of construction workers in their 30s.
0: That's something that I think tends to happen with, especially Cardi's art, is they, they will go in one of two directions. Sometimes they will land on actual teen, but way often than that, they either look like very muscly preteens or just like old people. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things that struck me about the art was the ghetto in Gotham. It looks like war-torn, war-torn like Europe, like World War Two Europe. It, it was... It was kind of a weird choice, I thought. Like, I was like, I get that this ghetto is in rough shape, but there are just, like, ruins of buildings lying in a barren, like, post-apocalyptic landscape.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just, it does look really bombed out. And I was thinking, as someone who was, you know, a teen at the time, or close to it, but maybe it was really different for us growing in... um, the outskirts of Boston in an Irish working class neighborhood right. didn't quite look like that.
0: Right. Well, Gotham's a different kind of place. It, it is actually kind of funny. I think I, I mentioned that it looked like footage that I've seen of like World War II Europe. The artist, Nick Carty, actually did drive a tank in World War II Europe. And I'm wondering if maybe he just took that as like, oh, you want uh, crumbling buildings? Like, I wonder if that was a note he had and was just like, well, this is what I know of that. And just kind of extrapolated. I also thought it was kind of weird the that the terrorist organization... They, I felt like they were being treated... They kept going back and forth with whether they were like revolutionaries or just petulant teenagers. Like for the most part, they had like really socially conscious demands that they were making. And we want you to fix our streets. But the fact that in the name of the organization that they talk about parent power...
1: I, that was why I was really struck by them looking so much older. <laughs> right. You know, their parent power? Wait a minute. Well, maybe you're 18 if you're younger than you look, but what what is this about parent power?
0: It reminds me of the really early episodes of the comic book where we first see teens using protests and, and picket signs to try to get the adults to build them a clubhouse. Right. And it was like they had just been like, yeah, you know, that's what, you know, teen revolutionaries are all about. They're tired of their parents hassling them. But then it's like, no, they're doing this. It's like, okay, I'll just combine the two and make them like the weathermen. But also, they would kind of like a clubhouse.
1: They were, and their demands, like you said, were very socially responsible, except the idea that they'd also blow themselves up. So right. that's right. like it's sort of a strange extreme.
0: Yeah, well, and they were also like, we want you to clean up the... The streets and we want you to put all the drug dealers in jail, which I'm like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. that's nice. That's kind of surprising. And then and also close the schools. I wasn't sure. Like they said, close all ghetto schools until further notice. And I wasn't sure if it was just they wanted renovations made and they wanted the schools like to be safe and better schools. Or if they're just like, we're teenagers and we don't like going to school.
1: Hmm. Tricky problem, because then they really relied on that brilliant guy who had to drop out of school, but before he did, he learned in school how... In fact, he was one of the guys I wondered about. Whatever happened to him? Did he ever get his memory back?
0: We never find out. We never find out. Maybe. It was weird. It was really jarring, and it was... There was almost a schizophrenic portrayal of Commissioner Gordon, who I'm used to seeing as this kind of avuncular character, and just like, oh, good old Commissioner Gordon, especially from this era. But he's viewed as kind of a reactionary, authoritarian guy who wants all of the teenagers thrown in jail and is fine with roughing them up to get what he wants, and (laughs) is kind of assaulting this teen who has been put in prison without any trial or any due process, and has a head injury and is just assaulting him. like, tell me what you know, you punk. It's like, huh? that's not
1: the Commissioner Gordon
0: I always think of.
1: And then wasn't it him who ultimately very quickly switched sides?
0: Oh, yeah. And he had this thing going on where there were two different places that the bomb was hidden. Once in the statue of Batman that Batman loves to look at, which really cracked <laughs> yeah. me up. I need to go do some quiet contemplation by the giant statue of me.
1: Do you ever think of having one of those built? Oh, what an idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, but maybe of you.
0: Oh, I think that's a good... That's a much better idea. (laughs) Patreon donators, that could be the next level of donations. A giant (laughs) statue of me that my mother can gaze fondly at. (laughs) But the other one is just... It's in a trash can, I think, that is being airlifted out to sea. But both of the times, Commissioner Gordon's response to where the, these terrorists have hidden a nuclear bomb is to to laugh and say, yeah. "Oh, those kids! <laughs> They'll be the death of me." Like, yes, yeah. quite literally, they <laughs> yeah. they will be, Commissioner Gordon. They built a nuclear bomb and are going to blow up the entire city. <laughs> kind of.
1: Who knew? Ha ha ha. Yeah. I just
0: it was. I, I touched on it a little bit in the synopsis, but the the leadership of stop. It was like a roller coaster of just like. I'm glad they're showing some minorities in this comic book. Oh, but they're terrorists who are trying to blow up the city. But, you know, they they have some good points and then yeah, that their 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 leader is the one white guy. I think in the whole organization until until Dick Grayson and, shows up and then is immediately brought into the inner circle. I,
1: I don't know. I like how he wants them to prove their loyalty by signing an oath. Yeah. Very 70s. <laughs> I, you know, I had to do that for my first teaching job. Really? I did. To get to sign my contract, I had to sign something that promised I would not try to overthrow the government. Did you? I did sign it. And I knew some no, people... No, I mean, did you try oh, to overthrow oh. the government? No, but I could have. Because N- I figured... Not
0: if you signed that. It's
1: just so <laughs> funny. Because I thought some people... Deli- ha oh, I'm not signing this. And I thought, well, I am. Because if I was going to overthrow the government, yeah. why wouldn't I sign it? Well,
0: you wouldn't want to lie about it, though. <laughs>
1: was hysterical. It really is funny. But when you work in Candy in New Hampshire, <laughs> you sign a loyalty oath.
0: Well, and if you were going to overthrow the government, what better place to start than Candy <laughs> in New Hampshire? Seat but, of the hoi polloi and Bigwigs.
1: But that that but they also did add probation. They were right. also on probation.
0: But their probationary first mission is the biggest mission that this organization has. You'd think they would want to work them up. It's like they join the organization at the height of the organization's importance and are immediately given this high-profile task as a test. Wouldn't they want to use one of their more tested members? I mean, I guess they sent Chino with them. Yeah, but Chino didn't really seem all that reliable. <laughs> no, He's a very mercurial guy.
1: <laughs> and he had a very funny way of talking. That was actually my favorite slang. I okay,
0: we'll, we'll get back. Oh, We're oh, going to do the oh, okay. favorite slang and favorite oh, I'm panel sorry. at the end.
1: Okay, well, that's I won't okay. jump I, the gun. I though thought I you mean.
0: would listen to the show. but uh, I okay. have,
1: but I thought it, I thought I would just, you know, break up the routine. Right. right.
0: Well, you're a real iconoclast, Moe. Always happened I should have made you sign that oath before we started recording.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: I did think it was also kind of funny that they kept talking about what a tool of the establishment Batman was. It,
1: <laughs> I think he sees himself well, in, fighting against injustice, Yeah,
0: right? Yeah, but I mean, when you think about how he operates, he really does just like he's a billionaire who goes and fights property crimes, essentially. And... It's weird because in the 70s, he is portrayed as more of this dark, lone, vigilante outsider, but during this era, at least, and and this is the very tail end of the Silver Age portrayals of Batman, which are really more akin to the Batman that was on the TV show. He, You know, he has the president's phone number, and he's on the phone with him all the time. It is just really funny to just picture a guy dressed like Batman just, like, being a symbol of the authority, and, you know, he is in that Gotham City resurrected this giant statue of him, and... He's pals with the president
1: and the governor. Didn't he say only the governor could declare martial law? That that was his. He hears this <laughs> place like
0: we're gonna burn the ghetto to the ground and smoke out these rats. He's like, wait a minute, be reasonable, people. First of all, can't declare martial law. Only governor can declare martial law. <laughs> It's that you have this very bureaucratic point as to why they can't do it. It kind of makes sense when you see the way that Robin acts in terms of things, where he he, he acts kind of just like as a sociopath and just doesn't understand human emotions. And you can see where he maybe got that from Batman. And that Batman's like, and if we, if we do burn the ghetto to the ground, how would we stop the fire from spreading? That's right. These are very reasonable points, but also maybe you could just object on the grounds that you shouldn't burn the ghetto to the ground.
1: Well, maybe they want to just start from scratch.
0: Yeah, I I guess that that may have been one of Chino Linda and Nando's plans. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to talk to about the cover of this issue cuz wow, is it striking and wow, does it have almost nothing to do with what happens inside the comic book.
1: Well, they do put him in jail, but they, not a They put them in jail, camp. but
0: they don't the, the cover mm-hmm. is Batman is looking very sad mm-hmm. and is Inside of this barbed wire fence that other a long line of adults is being led into, there is a big sign that says, Concentration Camp for Adults Only, and Robin and the Teen Titans are standing there very sternly saying, Every grown-up will suffer, Batman, because you lied to us. That's not at all what happens <laughs> in the right. comic book. You, you just heard the synopsis. It's... Yes, Batman is briefly put into detention, not by the Teen Titans. He's working closely with the Teen Titans, and they are on his side this entire time. And there's certainly no concentration camp. And wow, is that a really stark and very specific choice that they made for mm-hmm. this cover? The issue is called Rebel in the Rebels in the Street, and so the, the whole thing is, I, I think, fairly obviously a. I think a couple of years at this before this comic book came out, a movie called Wild in the Streets came mm-hmm. out. That the plot of which was a teenager becomes president and he's a revolutionary and they decide to round up everyone over 30 and put them in a concentration camp for adults. Mm-hmm. And it's a really weird, wacky movie that had, it wasn't that popular. Um, I think it won a best, an Academy Award for editing. It, it wasn't like a blockbuster success, but it really impacted DC Comics because mm-hmm. they you see this cover and at least certain ideas from it were taken to incorporate in this comic book. It also was the impetus behind them publishing a comic book called Prez, The Teenage President, which I I know I've I've talked about extensively on another podcast that I do called Traveling Through the Bronze Age, but the premise of that was lifted directly from Wild in the Streets and Joe Simon acknowledged that. And So I think just some people in the editorial offices at DC saw that movie and were just like, man, we're appealing to teenagers? This movie has teenagers in it? This is a home run, obviously. But it, it does seem like a weird and very specific choice that has so little to do what hap- with what happens in the comic book. And, and it's really jarring just to see the word concentration camp used. Unsettling.
1: I agree. The city
0: council sucks.
1: Or they're the ones who, who, when they get the list of demands, say things like, No, never! We'll never go th- give in to those rotten kids. And yeah. Even yeah. though they're all pretty reasonable. They're,
0: you know. they're all very reasonable demands. But they're also like, I think they are saying that the city council is its pretty much slumlords. It's, mm-hmm. Gotham City is a very corrupt place. There's a lot of messed up shit going on yeah. in there. And one of, at least, the city council members looks a lot like Gomez Adams. <laughs> and yeah, they don't like Batman either. He's really put between a rock and a hard place at many points in this comic book.
1: Is he the only one who goes to jail, though? I can't remember.
0: Uh, they're all supposed Gordon, to. They're all supposed to. Definitely him and Commissioner Gordon are in there. I think it's implied that the rest of the city council is in there. Although Batman apparently just gets let out at some point because he's searching for the bomb at the end. And he confronts Linda and tells her that she can trust her mom. Even though she can't trust Batman because he was supposed to stay in jail and he didn't. Yeah, I, I think... I think maybe it's supposed to be implied that there are, the city council and the mayor are in there too, but Batman and Commissioner Gordon are pals and they <laughs> formed their own little clique in prison and they don't want to hang out with the city council because the city council are assholes. And it, it's really strange to me how sympathetically the terrorists trying to blow up the city are portrayed as. There are really no repercussions for them having done that, except they get exactly what they want. It's kind of an interesting lesson.
1: (laughs) It is an interesting lesson. Especially where they did have one big bomb go off. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, they had a bomb go off. That was what they planted. The
0: boom. Oh, that's just a smoke bomb.
1: Oh well, it's still. just a
0: smoke b- Batman uses <laughs> smoke bombs all the time,
1: but then they say you planted that bomb perfect, no what they say it was yeah, How yeah. do you know it's a smoke bomb
0: because it just leaves a bunch of smoke and nothing gets exploded. Everybody's fine. The door that it was, yeah, oh I, no, I they see, make I sure that nobody gets there bomb. no it's not, it's certainly not a nuclear bomb, no, no, I I'm pretty that. sure it's just a smoke <laughs> bomb, and you know Batman uses those. Pretty much, if he finds himself in any awkward situation, <laughs> he uses a smoke bomb, which is something I think maybe we should start emulating. It's
1: possible. <laughs> Although, it was true that these were the kids who did it, the quote-unquote terrorists who did it. So you would think there would be some repercussions for them. No, no, they're fine.
0: Well, they take the whole city hostage and none of them get in trouble for it. They, they built a goddamn nuclear bomb. Where did they get plutonium? I... I wasn't around at this point in the 70s. Was, if you had like the right connections, could you just score some plutonium I on the street?
1: So. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't hang around in those crowds either. I thought you did. My Irish friends, you no. Know?
0: <laughs> you you were in college. You knew some revolutionary types. None of them had plutonium.
1: No, they didn't share it with me.
0: <laughs> Typical. I know.
1: <laughs> well, we didn't have an SDS at Colby.
0: Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yes, I'm sorry, too. I was at the time. Oh, well.
0: Yeah, there was also just... Lilith's use of her psychic powers, it seems like they maybe could have been put to better use than to just be like, sure, I could find out where the bomb is from this person. But that would only cure the symptom.
1: Well, it worked (laughs) worked out well. She found the the history of her story. And she
0: got to reunite a family. But Linda's a real goddamn piece of work. She's a psychopath. Yeah. I mean No, she's crazy. She's really crazy. The the dime on which she turns in which she's like, we should blow up the city, and then her mom is just like, Maybe if that's the way you feel about it, you should. And she says like, No, never say that. <laughs> never. I love you so much, Mom. I know. I'll well, tell you where the bomb is.
1: You know, mothers have that power.
0: Yes, you're very manipulative. T- <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> No, I mean that we have that power to turn on the loaves. Oh, yes, yes.
0: I, right. I, I I, see where you're going with that. Well played.
1: But she's so interesting, too, because they're probably like, I, I got to say, they got to be 17 at least. Yeah. To say you can never trust adults, never. Yeah. They're quite close to the turning
0: point. Well, and I'm, I'm sure they think of themselves as adults, like.
1: It's interesting to me. I could be wrong, but I'm thinking it's right around that time. Maybe it was seventy. Maybe it was seventy-two. I'm not sure. But right around there is when um, the voting age was lowered to right. eighteen. So maybe, maybe there's something in this about that. You know?
0: Yeah. I, well, I know that was one of the one of the ideas that was in Pres the teenage president was that like now that the voting age is lowered to eighteen, it'll just be a matter of time before. They really start changing the way stuffs run. Only not so much seems like. No. (laughs) Well, the most powerful voting block is definitely the eighteen-year-olds.
1: I remember when they changed it. Me thinking that uh, I think this is a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I, you know, in in college, all the freshmen I met. Were, if their parents were Democrats, they were Democrats. Right. If their parents were Republican, they were Republican. It might not be the same now. I mean, there might be rebelling against that. Right. But pretty much.
0: it was. So it was just like double votes for their parents. In yeah.
1: Yeah, and I felt like, jeez, you know, I mean, I'd make a good decision. <laughs> 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 These morons I go to school with, what would they do?
0: <laughs> it is it is funny, too, how that, that changed. Because, like, just bartending a... a remember being like you know 21 seems pretty young to let people (laughs) drink. maybe 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 voting too like maybe just keep easing that up a little bit but good news mom they don't vote they can but they don't
1: well we need to change that
0: yes i agree everybody get out there and vote I just gave a thumbs up into the microphone because I'm out of it right now. (laughs) You could probably hear that in some way. Yeah, I like also Linda's note that she leaves, that she signs it with a big loopy L, that she signed it at all, that she she wrote a note that was where the bomb had been and says, I hid it where you'll never find it. L. I get it, though. I am very proud of my cursive letters, too, and she makes a very nice L. Any chance, any time I have the opportunity to make a cursive E, it just, it really flows nicely. So, let's get into the minutia of it. You said you had some. Uh, what was your favorite use of slang?
1: Well, there was, a, there was a lot. I liked the way they called the police the fuzz. Sure. That kind of thing. But I, I liked the Did way you it used was, to call the police the fuzz? I, well, I never had reason to. Sure. What right. can I say? I hear you. But, I, I, I would see Mark, kiddo.
0: Oh that's because that's Nando. It's to establish that they are a very diverse organization.
1: Yeah, but Kiddo. See oh yeah, Mark, no,
0: that's a uh, Kiddo. That's that's also that that's Spanish.
1: <laughs> oh, I see.
0: Well, <laughs> it, it Kiddo means boss.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Well, that 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 sort of took yeah, me aback a no, bit.
0: No, I, I can understand that.
1: <laughs> they didn't say the terms that I remember like Wicked, but that could have been. I think lost. that was more
0: regional. Yeah, yeah, you
1: know, there was some groovy, a little groovy. Yeah, no, none of gro- no the grooviness. You said in here. tuna was something. There? Tuna, yes, you might say something was tuna, <laughs> <laughs> and that's <laughs> not in just in to here. mean like
0: that it was cool or, yeah, or space, excellent. which is a yeah. term that I'm trying to start. What were some of your, of your favorite legitimate slang terms that were used back then?
1: Well. You know, I, th- I think cool has, sure. has always been there. Right. Always been there for you. A good word to reach for. Right.
0: No, it's a good standard. And like. Yeah.
1: Like. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, yeah. That sort of thing. Sure. But we didn't run around saying halt or. Well, I think that's a cop. Oh, that's a cop.
0: That's but a cop chasing. The cops <laughs> didn't
1: have that slang
0: either. I... Halt in the name of the law. That's not a thing that cops said.
1: I not that I recall in my limited experience with cops Sure, sure. I, limited I, experience. Hassling. I don't remember saying fuzz hassling us, you know, or yeah. hearing that very much. Okay. But I I didn't I felt like they talked like little adults and then threw in a few phrases. Right. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I guess Haney grew up like lived at the time in Woodstock, New York, when Woodstock happened, and he also had teenage children of his own. And he would defend that no, that is what teenagers talk like. That's what mine talk like. Um, I exaggerate it slightly because you know it's a comic book, but it's still there. And he's, I'm taking some artistic license. I have a theory that Haney's kids were just gaslighting him. <laughs> <laughs> that they know he's writing a comic book about teenagers, and he's like, "No, this is what we say all the time." We, we... Gear Ginchi. That's that's just the straight poop dad.
1: Is that what did you have? What...
0: Well, I actually I had. Let's see. Is on page three. It was my favorite specific one. The genius built it. That dropouts a bigger skull than half the straight world scientists. I enjoyed that. I thought that was really fun. And just on a different note, I had Commissioner Gordon's response on page twenty-four. Sorry. Okay. If we may <laughs> where he sees the bomb being airlifted. I talked about this already, buddies. The bombs in that we'd have never looked there. These kids. Ha ha ha.
1: Yeah, I, did, I didn't count that as slang. No, I it, it, it's kind
0: out. of a cheat on my part. Was there any other slang you wanted to bring up?
1: I, I don't remember that there was a lot. Some of the same things repeated. <laughs> That was my my favorite illustration.
0: Okay, let's move on to that. What What was your favorite painting? Well,
1: of course, the one where they're both both mother and daughter are sobbing. Mm-hmm. If If you feel that way, there's nothing left to say. Maybe this city, you, none of us are worth saving. No, never say that, mother. I love you. It's just in there. She's beside herself. Yeah. And then, and then they, they hug. And
0: There's a very nice. It, it, very it's the sweet. illustration. The artwork, I think, is beautiful in this issue. And I, I really like the way Nick Cardy.
1: And it. it's so different from just two frames earlier. Yeah, where, where she's she, like a demonic she, she, yeah, she looks like she's having a a, she a tantrum. And I, literally
0: two panels before that is saying, I have no mother. My mother left me. Let me cry my heart out every night. And and yeah, and then she immediately turns and's like, "No, I love you so much, mom." Ugh.
1: You know, teenagers though.
0: Yeah, they slip
1: the <laughs> That's what I always noticed.
0: Yeah, yeah, we probably had talks like that. <laughs> you and Meg actually may. Have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's possible.
0: So that would you say that is your favorite panel?
1: It is. I think you could make a big blow up poster of that. It's a pretty good on one, and
0: wall. yeah. The, the mother in that panel is she looks like she is about to do that thing that I've only seen in movies where people take a bite out of their fist <laughs> yeah. because they're so overwrought with emotion it it's really nice I'll definitely I'll put a pic, a picture of that up up on the website my favorite panel is the the main one that is my favorite I, I, I can narrow it down to one and it's not even really all that close but it's on page nine and it's where Batman goes for a moment oh, of quiet yeah. reflection standing in front of the giant statue of himself. And it's also, I really like the call signs that the Teen Titans and Batman have to each other. Um, so Robin's saying, Bird Boy to Cowl Man.
1: I did too, but I, I do they do that often? Or is this only in this magazine?
0: It's only in, in this, this one that, that I think they do Bird Boy to Cowl Man. Um, I think Robin may have called himself Bird Boy as a codename before. I know that Twinkle Toes being Kid Flash is a common nickname. Um I don't know if they've called Wonder Girl bracelets before, but I kind of like that.
1: That's a good one.
0: I know when they went undercover as hippies, she was called Paradise Baby. And Aqualad was called Wet and Wild.
1: That's a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. He had the worst hippie outfit, though. So, did you have a chance to think about what you think Aqualad's probably up to?
1: Well, since he wasn't here...
0: Right, we have to wonder.
1: My thought was, perhaps he was pushing for the vote for 18-year-old. Mm. But Perhaps could he do nationally. That? He instead of-
0: wasn't an American citizen. Oh, He's from Atlantis.
1: Well, that's never stopped him before. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's an, he, he may be an illegal immigrant, but...
0: Sure, sure. He still he could Cesar Chavez-like yeah. advocate for... Yeah, he
1: could still advocate, but the, I, I wasn't realizing he couldn't vote. Well, anyway.
0: I, I don't think... I I mean, he's from Atlantis. That's true. That's he's, true. I don't think he or Wonder Girl can vote. But do we Although, know
1: why he gets left out so often? Well, at this point, I think
0: it was... Th- this is earlier than some of the ones we've been covering lately. And I think he was still just babysitting for Aquababy. <laughs> it was really abrupt where he took off and he's just like, Well, I'm going to quit the team because Aqu- Aquaman needs me to babysit for a while. And then he didn't show up for, like, eight issues. And then he showed up again, punched Robin in the face. It was awesome.
1: Ah.
0: Um, and then at this point, he just kind of has a, if you'll pardon the pun, floating membership <laughs> in the League. And th- that is kind of the case. You'll notice only four of them showed up in this issue. They were doing, They were doing the Justice League in the same way, where the team roster, they have a fairly large roster, but for each mission... Only certain members will show up. Oh. But they leave Aqualad out way too much. Because huh. he's the heart and soul of that team.
1: Well, it's good that you have this background <laughs> knowledge of him coming in and going out. Right,
0: right. And and thank you for plugging in what he is probably up to. Far be it from me to, to contradict my mother. That is what Aqualad is probably up to. He is advocating for teen voting rights.
1: And probably making a lot of picket signs oh, and posters. certainly,
0: certainly. He can use his sea strength and limbs to make posters very quickly.
1: Yes, yes. So. And he succeeded because yep. 18-year-olds now have the right to vote.
0: Well done.
1: Thanks to Aqualad.
0: Good work, Aqualad. That's how it's pronounced, mom. Oh.
1: <laughs> Who says?
0: Everybody. <laughs> you listen to the kids talking about Aqualad. If one of them said Aqualad, they would they would just get beaten up.
1: I hate to think that.
0: Well, it's a tough time. It's a a, a shibboleth that the teens use. (laughs) That's how they know if somebody's really a grown-up infiltrating them. Because still, they all look like they're 35. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. A
1: great pleasure.
0: It was an honor to have you here. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, your Patreon dollars made this episode possible. This is a special bonus. We will put it out in conjunction with a regular weekly episode. And once again, if you'd like to donate, it's wwwpatreon backslash TT Wasteland, or just drop me an email at at ttwasteland.gmail.com. You can check out the Tumblr blog or contact us through the Facebook page. We love hearing from you. And really, you've been a very supportive audience and I really appreciate it. Yeah. We will see you in a couple of days with another episode of Teen Titan Wasteland. And, uh, yeah, I love my mom. Well said. <laughs> and they knew it.